1: As I was saying, it was an easy decision for me to make to not meet in person because I thought about you. I didn't want you all uh, to be sick. I didn't want you all to feel anxious or anything like that. And so this is why we decided not to meet. Also, we wanted to honor those who are in authority over us, and that's our local government. And uh, our local governors uh suggested that that we not have major congregations from his suggestion came from the suggestion of doctors and 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 so we wanted to follow those directions so anyway, I wanted to uh kind of just 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 help us out. I want to encourage you this morning invite your friends to join go on ahead and share this with your friends. Uh, uh, this message that we're, we're sp- speaking about today, again, we're not gathering. We have a few leaders that, that, are gonna, that are joining us today, but again, we don't have our whole congregation here. And so we, we are the church. The church doesn't, is not a building. The church is the body. It's all of us individually and collectively. We are the body. Our bodies are a holy temple. We are the body. And so this message I want to share with you all, really, uh, it's for everybody, but I'm specifically speaking to those today who are believers in Christ. I'm specifically speaking to those today who are believers in Christ, those who are people of faith, those who are Christians. Uh, I'm really speaking to you. I want to speak to your heart today. It's crazy that like many of us, I think all of us have just been enamored with just so much information and just information overload and and, and a lot of times, information overload causes panic. Uh, we, we've been watching the news, and, and it, it breaks my heart to see the stuff that I see. You know, we empty out supermarkets and grocery stores. Uh, we're fighting over things like toilet paper. Um, but none of us are thinking about the elderly. What about their needs? Who's taking care of them? And, and the reason why this happens is because of panic and pandemonium. Uh, and it breaks my heart to see it. I've seen on social media people fighting over water, people fighting over toilet paper, people fighting over, over stuff that, that, that really, really, trust me, hear me, that we're only supposed to be, that we would have to be isolated for 14 days for. You don't need to buy a lifetime supply of toilet paper for 14 days. If you do, then you should have saw your doctor before this virus happened. <laughs> if you need that much toilet paper for 14 days, you should have saw your doctor before uh, we had to kind of separate ourselves for a little bit. And so I don't want to make light of this. This is a real, I, I will say this, this is a real situation. This is a real disease. This is causing real people to, to suffer. Real people are dying from this. So, so we should be cautious. We should be aware. But my brothers and my sisters, we should not panic. We should not panic. I just want to share with you today that if you are a believer, one thing you have to know and you have to believe, the minute you accepted Christ into your heart, the minute you stepped up at somebody's altar and raised your hands and submitted to God and accepted salvation, the moment you were baptized in the water and baptized by the Spirit, that moment your life changed. You believed in something greater than you have ever believed in before, and that is the power of a sovereign God. And when I say God is sovereign, what I mean is that he is above all, before all, he is the beginning and the end. He knows all. So when you accepted Christ into your heart at the moment of salvation, when you were baptized in the water and in the spirit, you at that moment became, according to scripture, a new creation. And now you don't believe in what man can do for you. You now believe in what God can do for you. And you are now in a relationship with a sovereign God. And when I say that God is sovereign, he is above all, before all. Nothing is greater than him. So I want to start by saying that we as Christians, as believers, as people of God, we first have to believe that God is still God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that, that God is still the same God. He's that same God. The way he delivered Abraham and Isaac and Jacob through all sorts of challenges that they faced during with, within each of their generations, he delivered them Is the same God he'll deliver you. So we have to, my brothers and sisters, put our faith in this sovereign God and know that God is still God. And what has happened is many of us, Especially, watch this, believers, we find ourselves in these dark, troubled times in a panic. Uh, I, I firmly believe that some of the people that I've seen on social media fighting over bottled water, fighting over toilet paper, fighting over just crazy stuff. I firmly believe that people that stood in long lines trying to get uh, uh, rations for an entire year. I firmly believe that some of these same people are believers like you and I. And I, and I want to say this. It's not your fault. It's not your fault that you're panicking. It's not your fault that that you're in fear. You know whose fault it is? We've got to blame the enemy. God is not a God of fear. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us that God only asks us to fear one thing, or shall I say one person? And we should have the fear of the Lord. That's the only fear. And that's not a fear of intimidation. That's not a fear of of being scared. No, that fear of the Lord is actually faith in the Lord. So, So the only fear that we should have in our hearts is fear of the Lord, faith in the Lord, reverence to the Lord, honor to God. That is the only fear that should ever penetrate our heart if, hear me, If you are a believer. And so these are real times we're facing. These are this is a real issue. COVID-19 is not fake. It's not make believe It's not part of some conspiracy conspiracy theory. No, this is a real issue and it's a worldwide issue. But we serve the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of man. And we have to be courageous. And let me tell you what courage is. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is what we do in the face of it. Catch what I just said. Courage. During these times, we have to be courageous. And courage is not the absence of fear. It's what we do in the face of it. What do we do in the face of things that we face and see every day? What do we do in situations like this? Now, don't, don't be distracted, my brothers and sisters. Cancer still exists, and people are dying from that every day. Don't, 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 don't be distracted, my brothers and sisters. The flu, we're still in flu season. And tens of thousands of people are dying from that every day. Don't don't be distracted, my brothers and sisters, because HIV and AIDS are still real and still causing people to die. Don't be distracted by this one thing because there are so many things that still exist that we still have to pay attention to. But if we are a people of faith, the same faith that you have to overcome those other diseases and issues is the same faith we have to have in God today as we're going through the challenges that we're facing, and so what I want to do, uh, really briefly, is just help you master your fears. I want to help you master your fears. Now, before I get into these few points I want to share with you, and we'll be dismissed, I want to just pause for a moment because oftentimes during major issues in the world, and especially major issues in our country, many people, those who are non-believers, and even those who are believers. Have a lot of things to say about the church. Where is the church? What is the church doing? How come the church ain't doing this? How come the church ain't doing that? I just want to pause and tell you I don't know where you are logging in right now. I don't know what city you're in. But I know right here in this beloved city, in this beloved area called Mableton in Cobb County, and even in the state of Georgia, I just want to say I've seen the church show up as first responders. Of course, you won't hear anything about that, and I'm not saying it's because I want people to pat the church and pat pastors on the back. It's not about that, but what I want to tell you is that I'm proud to call myself a Christian. I'm proud to be a pastor during these difficult times because guess what? The church is standing up. The church is distributing food. This week, matter of fact, at Mosaic Church, we will be a place that's distributing food in partnership with Must Ministries, right, so that we can make sure kids have something to eat. Every week, Mosaic Church hands out backpack blessings, backpacks full of food for children. We doubled up this time, this week, just to make sure kids were taken care of. What is the church doing? The church is doing a whole lot more than media will ever post. And so I just want to say thank you to every pastor, every single church leader that's had to make the difficult decision today to not meet together, but however, has made the easy decision to serve the local community that we're in. And I'm seeing churches step up in a big way because that's what we're called to do. So don't get it twisted. The church is still relevant. And the church, I still firmly believe the church is the hope of the world. The church, church, the local church is indeed the hope of the world. So I just wanted to pause and say that. And I applaud my brothers and sisters that are doing what needs to be done so that we can save and be there for our local communities. Now, let me help you master your fears because I don't want you to be walking around fearful. I don't want you to be walking around uh, uh, not, not feeling like you can't enjoy all that God has blessed. Remember, God is a sovereign God. He is above all, before all. He knows all, right? So God knows what's going on. He's the creator of all these things that are good, right? He has the supreme authority over the earth. And so he wants us to enjoy this. He wants us to enjoy the earth. He wants us to enjoy our lives, But we have to be cautious, but not afraid. We have to be cautious and not panic. We can be prepared and not lose our minds. And so I want to, and the only way you can do that is to to manage, hear me, your fears. And I want to tell you how we do that. The first thing you got to do in managing your fears, you have to remember who. It's in you. Again, this message is for everybody, but it's specifically for believers. Now, if you're not a believer in Christ, this may not make sense to you. But I will tell you by at the end of this message, I'll give you an opportunity to become a believer. If you are a believer in Christ to manage your fears, the first thing you ought to do is understand and remember who is in you. First, John four and four says this, but you belong to God. My children pause for a moment. You belong to God. The moment you accepted Christ into your heart. Listen, I'll say it this way. When he created you, you belong to him, but he gave you free will to choose or not choose him. But you still belong to him. And if you are a believer... You are in a, in, a, in a brand new family. The moment you accepted salvation, the moment you were baptized into the water, the moment you, you became a part of a local church community, you were part of a major fellowship called the body of Christ and you belong to God. So watch this first John four and four, but you belong to God. My dear children, you have already won a victory over those people. Because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Now, who are those people? Now, this scripture is really talking about false prophets. False prophets are are, are right now in our time. False prophets are not just those who are preaching a bad gospel, but false prophets are those who are speaking fear into your heart. False prophets are those who are making you panic. False prophets are those who are causing pandemonium. False prophets are those who are led not by the spirit of God, but by the spirit of the enemy. And you, my brothers and sisters who are believers in Christ, you've already have victory over them. You have victory over these people, these false prophets, like social media, <laughs> like, like, like the people who, who who are saying all of these crazy things, man. Those conspiracy theorists, you have victory over them. And guess what? You have victory over the major false prophet, the author of fear, the one who, 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 who is a manipulator. He's deceptive. He is the arch enemy and the ruler of this place called the world. And that is Satan himself. We have victory over him. One of his choice weapons, my brothers and sisters, is the weapon of fear. Fear causes you to not pursue your purpose. Fear causes you to not do what you're called to do. Fear causes you to panic in moments of distress. But when you have the fear of the Lord, it causes you to be in peace. It causes you to realize That fear that you have in your heart when we're facing all sorts of issues is the choice weapon of the enemy called Satan. So you have to remember during these times when 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 you see everything going on in the world, it's not a time to start blaming the government. It's not a time to start pointing fingers. But if you are a believer, it's a time to start praying and getting in your word and remember greater is he that is in you. Meaning the Holy Spirit, God himself is in you at the moment of salvation and baptism. Greater is he that is already in you, that's God, than he that is in the world, meaning the cosmos. The world represents the cosmos. The cosmos represents the place that Satan rules and reigns. So he that is in you is greater than disease. He that is in you is greater than poverty. He that is in you is greater than deception. He that is in you is greater than division. He that is in you is greater than politicians and politics. No, he that is in you is greater than anything that the world has to offer. And if you are a believer, that's where it begins in managing your fear. Remember who is in you. God is in you. 2 Timothy verse chapter 1. Verse 13 through 14. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me. A pattern, watch this, shaped by faith. (laughs) Catch that. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching that you learned from me. A pattern shaped by faith and love that you have in Jesus Christ. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted into you. That's powerful. 2 Timothy chapter 1, 13-14. Paul says quite a bit right there to his spiritual son, someone that he, he discipled, someone that he spent intimate time with, learning from, teaching. Paul says to him in this moment, he says, Remember everything I taught you. And guess what he was talking about? Everything I taught you about the one who is greater than anything on this earth. The one who is sovereign. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because you believed in him by faith. So hold on to those teachings that, that you, that you learn by faith. And remember he is still in you is what he's saying. So, the first step in mastering our fears, my brothers and sisters, is remember, watch this, who is in us. And the moment you became a believer, the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Spirit, God is in you. So, when, 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 when I don't care what the media says, I don't care what the news says, I don't care what social media says. But I care about what this says. This is greater than any book ever written. (laughs) It's older than it. All of the truths are found here. So I'll listen. I'll look at that on the media. I'll prepare for it. But what I won't do is be inundated by this negative stuff that will cause my heart to be fearful and not allow me to live the life that I'm called to live. So remember who is in you. The second thing you ought to do, my brothers and sisters, is you have to remember what is in you. So we know who, who is in us. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. God himself is inside of us. But what else is in us? There's, there's a what in us, so we know there's a who, but what is the what that is in us? Well, according to Scripture, 2 Timothy one seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So what are you saying that's in us, Pastor B? What I'm saying is he is in you, but he didn't just put himself in you. He put some other stuff in you, and the stuff he put in you is not connected to fear. What he put in you was power. What he put in you was a love, and what he put in you was self-discipline. So not only is he in us, but he gives us some stuff in us as well, which is power, which is love, which is self-discipline, or some would say a sound mind. So so, so what is self-discipline? It's the ability to discipline ourselves. It's the ability, watch this, to control our fears. You have the power to control your fears fears you have the power to control your fears that's what self-discipline is but it begins with first remembering who's in you remembering what he put in you he has not put fear in our hearts not like that not fear that causes pandemonium not fear that causes you to not live your best life not fear that causes you to, to to beat people up over toilet paper not fear that causes you to, to, to grab every bottle of hand sanitizer and don't save none. See, that's not Christian. Now, I can see if you're going and buying all of this stuff and saying, I'm going to share this stuff with my entire community, but you're hoarding it for yourself. That's not being a believer. That's being selfish. And God is not a selfish God who, who, who gave birth, watch this, to selfish children. Man, if this was people in this church out here and amen, go ahead and type amen in there if you agree with what I'm saying. God has not put that fear in us to cause us to be selfish. Now, if you're going out buying cases of, of hand sanitizer to give out to people who may not be able to get it, especially the elder because elders and widows, because James tells us that true religion is taking care of widows and orphans in their time of distress. Now, if you're going out and trying to take care of single moms or dads that may not have access to these things, then I applaud you. Pat yourself on the back, good Christian. But if you're going out hoarding this, stocking your pantries for yourself that is not of God you're operating from the fear of the enemy cuz see that's what happens that's how his tool works it doesn't just it doesn't just watch this hurt you it hurts those who are around you the enemy puts fear in your heart you go you buy all of this stuff and say it's mine it's mine it's mine and I'm not sharing it that's not the model that Jesus had with his disciples. That's not the model of the church. That's not the model that, that, that he left us with as believers. Again, if you're going out buying these things and saying, you know what, I want to make sure that, that, that the neighbors on my left and the neighbors on my right and those across the street from me, they have the supplies. If you're buying it to say, hey, I want to make sure that, 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 that the elderly people in my community have these things, it's one thing. But if you're doing this to stock up your shelves, and then let me step, up, take it a step further. If you're doing this to resell it on eBay, woo, I hate to see where you're going to be on judgment day. And I'm not judging you, but I am if you're a believer, because I have the right to. Scripture tells me that I get to call out your flaws. If you call yourself a Christian, I get to call you to the floor about issues that are not aligned with what God has set for us. So if you're a Christian and you're doing these things, I'm I'm judging you and I have a right to. If you're not a believer and you're doing these things, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that, 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 that God softens your heart and you begin to see humanity, not just your house. So the first thing we need to do to manage our fears, we have to remember who is in us. God is in us. We also have to remember, number two, what is in us. He didn't just put himself in us, but he also gave characteristics, attributes, and things of him in us, which is power, which is love and which is a sound mind or self-discipline, okay? The, 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 the third thing, well, let me say this. Back to the second thing. He didn't put fear that causes panic in us, but he did put a fear in us that helps with survival. Let me share something with you that you may or may not know. According to science, that, uh, uh, that, that we're all born with two innate fears. Only two. We're born with two innate fears. Ready? Here they are. The first one is the fear of falling. We're all born with the fear of falling. Watch this. That's humans and some animals are all born, number one, with the fear of falling. The second fear that we're born with is the fear of loud noises. The second fear that we're born with is the fear of loud noises. Those are the only two fears that we are innately born with, meaning God placed those things in us. Watch this. Not to fear him, but so that we can uh, for survival purposes. The fear uh, of falling helps instinctively helps us instinctively survive. And the fear of loud noises helps us be aware of predators. Right? That's not just from animals, but even us. So loud noises, it makes us aware. It also helps us be aware of natural disasters. Those are the only fears that we're born with. So what are you saying, Pastor B? I'm glad you asked. What I'm saying is anything else in life that you have fear about, anything else in life that that you're so fearful about that you 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 act a certain way, guess what? They're what you call learned fears. They're learned fears. So the panic that's going on, we learn that, right? We learn how to panic like that. How? Well, social media. Oh, they're shutting down everything. Oh, my God. In 48 hours, 250 people have passed. In 48 hours, I want you to do the research. How many people have have died from influenza, which has been around for quite some time? I mean, I'm serious. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to make light of this, but I want to show you just how we learn to fear these things. We are learn to fear these things. and I think we should be cautious and be aware, but not be fear because fear causes us to be immobile. When we're talking about the fear of the enemy, not the fear that God placed in us. So he he wants us to fear him, meaning reverence him, but he gave us some survival fear, which is the fear of falling and the fear of loud sounds. Everything else that you put in the fear category, even fear of snakes, fear of dogs, fear of spiders, all of these other things are learned. Okay. Now that's not me. You could check the science world and, and, and see if I'm making these things up. Those are the only things we're born with. Those are the only fears that we're born with. Everything else is learned. The third step we got to understand in order to master our fears is so we have to remember who is in us. We have to remember what is in us, but we also have to remember God's promises. Do you know God made promises to Abraham and then he made promises to the next generation, Isaac, And then he made the same promise that he made to Abraham, the same promise that he made to Isaac. He made that same promise to Jacob. Now, I know you're saying, man, that's Old Testament. Uh Uh-uh, because we see that even Peter recognizes and mentions that same promise in the book of Acts. I believe it's chapter 3. And he did this to remind these people that were facing all sorts of issues and persecution and things like that at that time. He did this to remind them that that same God that took care of three generations of, 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 of people, he made the same promise to them, is the same God today and the same God forevermore. That same God is our God. So we have to remember that the prom- God's promises. And here here, here, just a couple. Watch this. Let's go to Isaiah 41 and 10. I love the book of Isaiah. I know it's Old Testament, but it's such a rich, rich and valid book of all the Dead Sea Scrolls. It's the only one of all the books that was found in its entire volume. It's the one that speaks of Jesus the most. It's the one that that we can rely on. And here it is. uh, uh, Isaiah, watch this, 41 and 10. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with the victorious right hand. That same God, if you are a believer today, is your God. That same God is your God. Your God sits in the kingdom, not in your capital, not in the CEO office, not in the White House. This same God sits above Not beneath. He is your God. And he says, this is a promise. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Well, we just learned that. He is in us. But he is also with us. That's his triune nature. He is in us, but he's with us. He is God. He's never left nor forsaken us. Even right now with what we're going through, God is not surprised. Even with what we're going through, God, is, God already knows the answer. God already knows the outcome. And th- the problem with us is because we don't know the outcome, we have fear, which is the weapon of the enemy. When we need to have fear and God saying, you know what, God, you know how this is going to end. And I trust you. Not my will, but your will. Whatever your will is, I trust you. For he who has begun a good work in me, Shall see it to completion. And so, God, until your work is finished in me, I'm trusting you. I'm not worried about the media. I'm cautious about it. I'm aware of it. I'm paying attention to it. But I will not let it stagnate my potential, nor will I let it prevent me from pursuing my purpose. I trust you, God. I'll prepare, but I won't panic. What is another promise? No weapon formed against you will prosper. No weapon of disease. No weapon of mass destruction. No weapon performed. No weapon formed against you shall be prosperous. This is what he said. This is what God says. And that applies to us. Nothing that the enemy does will be prosperous. Not even the weapon of fear that he placed in you will be prosperous. It may halt you. It may pause you, cause you to pause your life, but it will not, watch this, stop God from being God. You may stop, but God ain't going to stop being God. No weapon, the weapon of fear, will be prosperous against you. You may stop, but God won't. Guess what? He existed before you were born. He'll exist when you die. He's been around forever. He's an omnipotent, omniscient an omnipresent God. He is everywhere. He was there yesterday. He's here with us now, and he will be in our tomorrow. Whether there's a COVID-19 or something else that may happen, God is still God. He is above all, before all, and he knows all. God is still God. God, and he is not a man that he shall lie. God said, I'll never leave nor forsake you. He means that. He will never leave nor forsake you. So if you are a believer, I want you to realize and remember, you claim the love of God that is sovereign when you said you're a Christian. And I want to tell you something right now. Uh, Fear and faith cannot cohabitate or coexist in your heart at the same time. They can't. Fear and faith cannot exist in your heart at the same time. One will rule out the other. So where are you today? What's in your heart? What what is leading your lifestyle? Is it fear or is it faith? Now, I'm not saying walk around and start shaking everybody's hand and dapping them up and hugging and 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 doing all of that. Like, oh, I walk by, you know, I walk by faith and not by sight. Well, you know, you can walk by faith and still, you know, you're not walking around blind. Okay, use common sense. God wants us to use common sense. What I'm saying is let's not panic and start doing drastic and crazy things. Let's trust those who are in authority over us. Uh, I I would hate to be in the position of of a governor right now. I would hate to be in the position of even the president of this country. That's a major decision you have to make for the life of everybody, regardless of, of political affiliation, regardless of religious views. You have to make a decision that affects the life of every single person. They look to your authority. I'd hate to be in that position. What we need to do for people in that position is is pray. Some of y'all, I will tell you, you would hate to be in my position as a pastor. (laughs) I mean, to have to make that decision, it's not an easy decision. It's not. But I trust God. I walk by faith and not by sight. My faith is in God. But I'm under the authority of those who rule this earth right now. And so all I'm saying, my brothers and sisters, is simply this. Fear and faith can't coexist. Either you live by faith or you live by fear. Now be precautious. Be careful. Plan accordingly. But don't let fear cause you to be immobile. Don't let fear cause you to panic. And I'm going to just say this. Don't let fear cause you to just keep your TV on CNN and all these news stations all day guess what? Now that you have time, why don't you make up the time maybe that you lost with your family? Now that you have time, why don't you make up the time maybe you haven't had with your spouse? Now that you have time, why don't you now give the time? Because some of y'all say this, if I had more time, pastor, oh, I'd come and help volunteer. Guess what? Next week, we're going to be partnering with some organizations. We're trying to hand out some food. Stay tuned. You can help us. Now you have time to help others in need. This is the time. Oh, if I had more time, I, I, would, I would do this or I would do that. You have the time now because everything is kind of getting shut down. Bible tells us we need to pray. Listen, thank God. Praise him in times like this. James tells us that. Praise him when our faith is being tested. Why? Because guess what? It it, it increases our endurance. And guess what? This is an opportunity. God, listen, God doesn't let anything bad stay bad. He finds the good in all of it. Maybe you needed a rest and you didn't even know it. Maybe you needed to take a time out and didn't even realize it. Praise God for it. Operate in faith. Okay. John uh, 14, 27 says this. I am leaving you with the gift. This is Jesus saying this. I am leaving you with the gift and it's peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. This gift, Jesus didn't just give it to his disciples. He gave it to all of those who would believe in him. He gave this gift of of peace that surpasses all understanding to all those who would call him Lord. He gave it to all of those who follow him and call him father. This gift is for you, my brothers and sisters who are people of faith. Would you ever reject a gift? Well, some of y'all let me stop. I just I thought about it. Some of y'all have regifted and I know who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I received some of your re gifts. I love you. <laughs> so, so, but here's my thing if it was a gift of a billion dollars, you wouldn't reject it. I guarantee it. Nobody in their right mind would reject a billion dollar gift. Nobody. Even if you're already a billionaire. And what God has given us here, what Jesus has left us, this gift is priceless. But we reject it the moment we fear. Gosh, that was good. Man, if y'all were in the church, y'all would have said amen. Y'all rejected this gift the minute you allow fear to enter your heart and cause you to be immobile. How dare you turn your back on this wonderful gift that he leaves? It's not just peace. It's not peace, peace, oh, peace. No, this is a peace he tells us here that the world can't even give. It can only come from him. But here's the thing. You've got to be in relationship with him. And it's during these times we have to be in relationship with him. I love what uh, the evangelist George Meller said. This helps us in this very time. George Meller said this. The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. Catch what I just said, my brothers and sisters. Let that resonate in your heart and in your spirit as we come to a close here. The beginning of anxiety, meaning the moment you allow fear to creep into your heart, is the end of faith. But then he tells you how to fix it. And the beginning of faith is the end of anxiety. The moment you activate What is already in you, the moment you accept it, the one who is also in you. Guess what? Anxiety goes away. Anxiety goes away. Philippians, my final scripture, and we're done here today. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's, watch this, you will experience God's peace. The same peace he talked about in John. (laughs) That's so good. John 14 is that same peace that you will experience. Watch this, which exceeds anything we could ever understand. His peace, not your peace, not the peace of the earth, but his peace will guard your hearts and your minds, as long as you live in Christ Jesus. Isn't that good? Isn't that a good word? Isn't that good news? That, my brothers and sisters, is the gospel. His peace. That's what that's that's the same peace that Paul is talking about right here to the church in Philippi. His peace. The same peace that he promised us in John 14. It's that peace. But how do you get it? Through prayer. Pray about everything, and we also got to be thankful. Our president, President Donald J. Trump, has called today a national day of prayer. And I will tell you, the Bible says, until every knee has bowed and every tongue has confessed that Jesus is Lord. And I believe today that president making this decision, even if it was from the help of others, he made one of the best decisions of his entire, in my opinion, of his entire time as our president to actually call us all to pray. I believe in this moment he sees that, watch this, that there is something that's even greater than him, someone greater than him, and that is Jesus Christ. So I don't know what your position is, and this is not a political matter, but I I support that decision, that this is a national day of prayer. Prayer is the answer. I just share with you the same message that, Paul shared within church in Philippi pray about everything pray about everything and so I stand with many of my brothers and sisters pastors and spiritual leaders and even our president in recognizing this day as a day of prayer we can do if we can't do nothing else if you've got a voice let's pray I'm not asking you to choose the political side matter of fact today is all about the kingdom that's the, only side I, listen, that's the only side I represent is the kingdom of God because it's eternal. And so if you are a person of faith, will you join me briefly right now as we just pray? Uh, it's funny, this morning my wife and I were on our way into church so that we can record this live video for you all. And we're listening to gospel, and I won't say what station we were listening to, But the song came on. It was a gospel version of God Bless America. And I chuckled on the inside because I want God to, because because I serve a God who's a God of the entire world. God God is not just a God of this country, God existed before this country ever named itself. God put the people in this country. And so our prayer today is not just a national prayer. It's a global prayer because this pandemic is global. This pandemic, my brothers and sisters, has touched every single part of this hemisphere, except for, I think, Saint, uh, except for uh, Antarctica. I think that's the only place it's not touched. And so I want us to pray globally. I want us to pray for our elected officials. I want to pray for your families, your community. I want to pray for those children who are not able to go to school these next couple weeks who, who depend on this meal that they'll receive there. I want to pray for those who are, who, are, who are doing their part to make sure these kids have food. The churches, the leaders, the community centers. And so I don't care where your position is politically. I just want to know if you're a believer in Christ, will you pray with me? I'm going to pray. I don't want you trying to watch me. I don't want you to just be listening and let me pray. Will you join me and pray in these areas? Father God, we thank you that you are a sovereign God. You are above all, before all. You are the alpha and the omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are the one that spoke things into existence, and there they were. God, we know that you are an omniscient, God, so you know all things, and you know what we're facing on a global uh, uh, on a global position right now. You know what's going on globally, God, but the beauty is you also know how it all ends. You know the final. And, God, I realize that some of these events that we were experiencing today writers wrote about in the book called the Bible. We see some of these events that are taking place occur right in the book of Revelation. And so, God, we're trusting you. It's your will, not our will, that be done. God, I'm praying right now for every country, every continent, every municipality impacted by this virus that is caused major economies to shut down, that has caused the education system to shut down. Uh, This virus has infected all seven of the mountains of influence in this world. Education, entertainment, commerce, uh, all of these areas, Lord. Politics, all seven mountains impacted by this one disease. I read in your Bible, God, that this is not the first time the world has faced such calamity such confusion, such chaos. And I watch you, God, in your word. I see how you've delivered people through some of the worst times in the world. And I know that today you will deliver us. And so, God, I'm praying, God, that you would shore up our faith for those who are believers. I'm praying, oh God, that you would, you would help those who are working uh, proactively in the, in the science labs trying to discover and understand this disease and put an end to it. I'm praying, oh God, that you would expand their knowledge and understanding, oh God, to help us come up with a cure and even a vaccination for this disease and diseases that may be coming down the pipeline i 'm praying, oh God, for our our economy, God, that you would keep it strong during these times. I realize that while things are shut down, there are people who rely on these finances just to survive and i 'm praying, oh God, first and foremost, for the spirit of compassion to fall on CEOs and bosses of major uh, businesses and and organizations, oh God, that they would have sympathy enough to just allow people that even during this time of shutdown to receive Pay, I would dare say receive pay plus time and a half during these difficult times. Let us operate with compassion and sympathy for our fellow man today in the name of Jesus. I'm praying for our elected officials, God, who have to make major decisions that infect the lives of the people that are under their authority, God. Let them seek you first and foremost. Seek the kingdom where the answers are found, God, in the name of Jesus, so that they may make decisions, God, for all of humanity, not those just associated with their political party, God, or those who are in their social economic sphere, God. But I'm praying today, God, that you would bless them with the knowledge and Seek out the right wisdom, O God, that blesses all of humanity, the believer and the non-believer, God, in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for every spiritual leader today, God, every religious leader that has to make a decision over these next couple of weeks about how we will gather together and worship your name. I'm praying, oh God, that you would give us great wisdom, insight, and, and, and give us prophetic vision about uh, what thus says the Lord so that we may make decisions according to your perfect will, not our own, oh God. I'm praying, oh God, that even during these days where we're not gathered together, the church which 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 uh, uh, needs oh God and and, and survives off of the, the the generosity of those who believe in the church God. I'm praying that even even our our finances are not affected during this time where we're not assembling together in the name of Jesus I'm praying for mothers and fathers that have to make a decision with their children oh god I'm praying that that we look at this time of rest as an opportunity to just make up for time that may have been lost because we gave so much time to our jobs and gave so much time to our careers and let us look at this time as a time to make up for lost time. Maybe break out uh, the board games and maybe watch a movie together. Maybe have uh, deep intellectual conversations with our families during this time. Maybe husbands and wives fall in love all over again during these tough times. Let us look closer and draw closer to one another in our families. During these difficult times, let us also look beyond the walls of our houses, oh God, and look at our neighbors and check on our neighbors and make sure our neighbors are doing well. Make sure that they have all the supplies that they need. Uh, maybe we share a meal together. Maybe we share a word together. Maybe we encourage one another during these times, but let us look beyond the four walls of our homes, God, to reach out to our fellow man uh, better, and we're more. We're better together than we are divided. So let us come together regardless of where we are or what we believe during these very difficult times. For you are a God of love and you've placed love within us. So let us let love flow from us to all of those people that are near and dear to us. I pray for the elderly during these times, O God, Uh, those who may be by themselves, God, those who may not have family that can take care of them. I pray for them. I pray for their safety. I pray for their health, God. I pray that you supply all of their needs, whether it be water, sanitation, whether it be food, whatever it is. Maybe it's even companionship during these times. Whatever they need, God, supply it according to your riches and glory in heaven. God, I'm praying, O God, that in due time, in this season that you will eradicate not just this disease, but to eradicate cancer, eradicate HIV and AIDS, eradicate so many other diseases that are taking lives daily, eradicate influenza, God, not just COVID, but all of these other diseases that are causing lives to be lost, oh God, I pray that there's an eradication of it. I pray there's an eradication of poverty, God, where some people don't even have the means to get the help that they need, God. I'm praying that right right now in the name of Jesus God I want you to move in a mighty way I want you to move in a mighty way on this earth God It's not just about blessing America but we want you to bless the entire globe God bless the entire world, God bless males and females, fathers and sons, and mothers and daughters, believers and non believers, God bless those, oh God, who would even speak ill against you. For I'm reminded of your word, oh God, when your son hung up on the cross, he asked you to forgive those who know not what they do, those people who didn't believe in Jesus. He asked your forgiveness. So, right now, I'm asking the same thing, oh God, uh, that you would forgive those who who would say ill things against your bride, the church, during these difficult times. Forgive those, O oh God, who turned their back on the church. Forgive those, O oh God, who stopped believing in you when you are still relevant today and forevermore. Forgive those who've turned away from your bride because they've been hurt by mankind. Forgive those, O oh God, who would speak negative things against you, God. Forgive them, God, today and soften their hearts that they may receive you. And so, God, I thank you today for the ability to pray to you. I thank you that you are a God that never ignores our prayers, but you answers our pra- You answer our prayers, God. I thank you that you've never turned a, a blind eye nor a deaf ear toward us, that you are for us. And if you are for us, then there's no demon in hell, no disease in hell. There's nothing in hell that could be against us. And so, God, we trust you because you go before us and you follow us. We love you because you first loved us. You are our sovereign God, and we know that all things, all things work together for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. We love you, we honor you, we praise you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. My brothers and sisters, thank you for joining us today. I know that because so many pastors are streaming, you have an opportunity to to church hop online. And that's okay, amen, because I believe that we're all talking about the same thing during this very difficult time, and that is encouragement. Now, maybe you're on this thing today and you don't have Christ in your heart. You've not accepted him into your life. You know, that's one of the first prerequisites to battling the fear that you're facing. I want to give you an opportunity today to accept Christ into your heart and your life, whether you want to rededicate your life or you want to accept him for the first time. Will you do me a favor right where you are? I don't know who you are, but I'm trusting God in you. Do me a favor right where you are as a posture of surrender, as a posture of saying, I've done the best I can with what I can, as a posture of saying, Lord, I surrender my life. I surrender my well-being to you. I want you to lift your hands in the air right where you are. I don't, need, don't worry about us not being together. This still counts. Hear me. I want you to lift your hands right now. As a posture of surrender to God. I'm going to pray for you. Hallelujah. I feel people making a decision online right now. There's something. I feel it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lift your hands. As a posture of surrender. I want to pray for you. God, right now, there are some that are joining us via the internet, via social media right now. They're saying, I've done the best I can with what I can. I'm, I'm living fearfully. Not because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, but I'm living out of fear, the tool, the weapon of the enemy. And today, God, I'll surrender fear to you. I surrender doubt to you. I surrender my life to you. I've done the best I can with what I can, but I'd rather put it all in your hands because I know you could do even better. And so, God, that person with their hands in the air is a posture of surrender, God. I'm praying, oh God, that you would open up the portals of heaven and receive them back into relationship or receive them into relationship with you today, God. I'm praying, oh God, that you forgive their sins and not look back at it again. I'm praying, oh God, that you align them up with people, oh God, that will walk this thing called life with them, that will hold them accountable, that will pray for them and love them and never judge them, that will always be available to them when they need I'm praying oh God today that the prayers of the righteous availeth much and we're praying for every hand lifted before you today God that they that as they surrender their lives you receive it oh God that you wash them and you make them whole that you examine their heart and know their thoughts oh God remove any impurities that the enemy has planted in their head or in their heart we want you to do that today in the name of Jesus. So God, we, we thank you for those who had the courage to admit that they're, they're not good enough without you. We thank you for those who lifted their hands as a posture of surrender to say they surrender all. All to thee, our blessed Savior. They surrender all to you. So God, we want you to cleanse them and make them as white as snow. Keep them close. Dispatch angels to their household protecting them from any distractions of the enemy. Let not a single hair on their head be disturbed in any way. God, we ask these things and more in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.